have the Ten Commandments been done away with? For followers of Jesus Christ, the Ten Commandments remain as the foundation of ethical behavior and spiritual interaction with our Creator. Through the Ten Commandments, we learn what it means to love God and to love other human beings. These commands were known by Abraham, they were written on tablets of stone as part of the old Sinai covenant, and they are now being written on the hearts of those who enter into the new covenant. Let's take a look at a few key scriptures on that. The commands were known by Abraham. Genesis 26 verse 5 tells us, Because Abraham obeyed me and did everything I required of him, keeping my commands, my decrees, and my instructions. Well, as I mentioned, they were then written on tablets of stone as part of the Old Covenant at Mount Sinai. And you can read about that in Exodus 20, verses 3 through 17, where we have the commandments, which tell us, Have no gods before me, make no graven images, keep the Sabbath day, honor your father and mother, etc., etc. These same commands are now being written on the hearts of those who enter into the new covenant. Hebrews 10 verse 16 tells us, This is the new covenant I will make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts, and I will write them on their minds. Most Bible believers and readers instinctively get this, but are often confused by teachers who proclaim that the commandments have been done away with. Jesus actually gives us a stern warning to consider such teachers as worthless. Matthew 5, verse 19. The words of Jesus here, if you have a red-letter Bible, it's probably in red. Jesus says, Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. The writings of the New Testament speak frequently of something new replacing something old. The transition being discussed is the replacement of the old Sinai covenant, the one that we took a look at there in Exodus 20, with the new covenant. However, the commandments of God are central to both the old and new covenants. And if you throw Abraham into the mix, they are also part of the covenant of faith that uh, the scriptures speak about with regard to Abraham. The way the commandments operate within the old covenant versus the new covenant is different. And there's something that's changing. What was once carved on tablets of stone is now to be written on your heart. And if they are written on your heart, that means you're going to live by them. So what has really been done away with? The Ten Commandments provided the people under the old Sinai Covenant with a definition of sin. After sin had been defined and then the covenant confirmed, and you can read about that whole process there in Exodus chapters 20 through 24, well, after that transpired and took place, Israel was given a lot of instructions pertaining to the maintenance of sacrifices, sacrifices for sin, which were a way to atone or pay for violations of the commandments. They were also given instructions about a priesthood, which was a way to properly administer such sacrifices. And then there's a third category of instructions, 
related to the construction and regulation of a tabernacle, which was a place for these sacrifices to be brought before God's presence. These laws were added after the covenant. And if you, again, look back at Exodus chapters 20 through 24, you'll find that the instructions about sacrifices, priesthood, and the tabernacle come after the covenant has been ratified and agreed to. So these laws were added after the covenant to provide a way to deal with the ongoing uncleanness and sins of the people. And it was a way for people to atone for their inevitable mistakes and still be able to have a positive relationship with the Most Holy God. Galatians 3 verse 19 says something interesting about this. Paul asks the question, Why then was the law given at all? It was added because of transgressions, until the seed to whom the promise referred to had come. What has really been done away with? Well, through the death and resurrected life of Jesus Christ, the priesthood, the sacrificial system, and the tabernacle have all undergone a significant change. We'll take a look at that, but first let's go to Hebrews 7 verse 12, which speaks to this changing of administration. Hebrews 7 verse 12 reads, For when the priesthood is changed, the law must be changed also. So the writer of Hebrews here is referring to these changes that were taking place to the priesthood and, by extension, the sacrificial system and the tabernacle. Point one, Jesus' death in the flesh has provided a sacrifice that is better and more effective than the sacrifices of animal lives. Hebrews 10 verse 12. But when this priest has offered for all time one sacrifice for sin, he sat down at the right hand of God. That's speaking of Jesus' death, which is providing that better sacrifice, more effective and complete. The second point, Christ now functions as our high priest in a new and better way. Again, in Hebrews, let's turn to chapter 7, verse 23, and read verse 23 through 25. Now, there have been many of those priests, speaking of the old covenant Levitical priesthood, since death prevented them from continuing in office. But because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him, because he always lives to intercede for them. Third, we have the construction and the regulation of a tabernacle which is a place for those sacrifices. Well, the tabernacle, or the dwelling place of God, is the church, which is the body of Christ. Go to Ephesians 2, verse 22. And in him, that's Christ Jesus, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Spirit. Well, that's speaking of the church, which is the dwelling place of God, the tabernacle the body of Christ. So, in conclusion, just as has always been the case, the definition of what constitutes sin still begins with the Ten Commandments. What has changed is the way for people to atone for their sins. A better sacrifice for sin is provided through the sacrifice of Jesus, and in Him we have a better and more direct way to approach the Most Holy God. 
the old way has been replaced with a way that is better and more effective. Take a look at 1 John 3 verse 4. Everyone who sins practices lawlessness. In fact, sin is lawlessness. So sin is defined by the breaking of God's law. Go to Romans 7 verse 12. Let's read verse 12 through 14. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under law, but under grace. And so, sin is still an issue for the followers of Jesus Christ. What has changed? Well, what has changed is the way for people to atone for their sins. Through God's grace, a better sacrifice for sin is provided through the sacrifice of Jesus. And in him, we have a better and more direct way to approach the Most Holy God. The old way has been replaced with a way that is better and more effective. If you're interested in learning more about God's commandments and how they relate to our life in Jesus Christ, request our free Bible study guide called simply the Ten Commandments. We offer it to you free of charge. Just click on the link that you'll find below in the video description and that'll take you to the page where you can request your printed copy or you can download a digital copy.